Hi folks. Um, so our warning this week is uh, there's some minor political references in the um, thingamajuber in the interview. <laughs> words, words are hard. Yes, and I'm not wording all that well because I was coding all day, but it was good coding. Um, and the usual with uh, with we'll probably talk about ADHD a little bit. Uh, that, and medical procedures this week. And medical procedures this week in, in the intro portions. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, next up is that we have pets. Um, dog, cats. The dog is chill. The cats are somewhere else. So we're going to call that a win for now and move on. Um, the chickens haven't gone to bed yet. I'll be doing that probably after we finish recording. And then the final bit is we swear frequently at the pets with gusto with enthusiasm with uh everything we can pretty much um muster yes that so hey uh welcome to productivity alchemy episode 265 so last week was the big long episode with dino this week um we get to talk to cindy sperry who we uh talked to a while back uh, about being productive while living in Germany. And now um, we get to talk about having moved back to the United States and all of the fun that that has entailed so far. So we'll finish up our mini-series, mini-series, yeah, on moving before we move into uh, into September, as, as the start, actually, of September. And then... Um, Man, I, I'm looking and I have, I'm looking at all the interviews I have ready to go uh, through mid-November, and I am just really excited about all the things that I'm going to share with all you wonderful folks out there. So, yeah. No, it was um, good stuff. Cool. Good, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, as I said... Um, the big project I've been, I was sort of dropped into and say, okay, we have to do this thing. Uh, we executed the first phase of it this past weekend, and it was a resounding success. Everybody is very happy. I'm really happy with how it turned out. And now we're on to the next phase that I need to work on. So I spent today in code land, which was not a bad place to be. Um, again, I learned a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I figured out some of the questions I had about how I was going to do this. And now it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm past the, okay, how do I take the baby steps? How do I now, how do I get the information I want out of a very large cloud service providers API? If it's possible at all. So we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, <laughs> we warned you about medical procedures. I am on day two of a low fiber diet in an extremely low fiber diet, extremely low fiber diet in preparation for my first colon cancer screening on Friday. Colonoscopy. I am getting probinated. Um, after I, I was talking to my dad and he was like, oh, they gave you that. I'm so sorry. Next time ask for this. Next time do it at this time of day, blah, blah, blah. Um, but also he was pointing out that uh, his screening is what kept him from developing 
colon cancer several years ago. And yeah, so this, this sort of procedure literally saved his life. Yeah, you know, it totally, totally saved my yes. mom too. Uh, uh, she, uh, the, the ACA meant she could finally have health insurance for the first time in a million years. And she went and got a screening and they were like, hello, big ass precancerous polyps. Yep. So, um, if you were of the age, go get your screening. I, I had to schedule it like I had to schedule it six months out because they are behind and because of COVID, they couldn't run any for a while. So they have this huge backlog. Uh, hopefully they're getting through that by now, but um, <laughs> backlog. An author I know just reveal and I won't, you know, say the name or anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to share it but just revealed that uh he got screened and they found a 30 centimeter tumor whoa and at that point you're like that's not a tumor that's a space station right <sighs> i mean yeah that's that's a big big deal so i so yeah i i recommend everyone you know when your doctor says go get it don't put it off like you know i Put it off for like a year and a half but there was a pandemic in there the, the pandemic is you know yeah extenuating and so uh but you know now that we have protocols and all that stuff uh go get it done seriously go get it done if you are due uh if your doctor's saying you're due go get it this thing saves lives it's uncomfortable for like a little bit but that's i'd rather be uncomfortable for a little bit than dead indeed right uh, yeah, so that's where, that's, that's pretty much my weekend plan is, um, tomorrow I'm on a liquid diet and then I take the, and I'm putting this in air quotes, even though it's the uh, brand name, the Go Lightly, which I understand there's nothing lightly about how you will be going. Uh, yeah, that was the, the time I had to take it for a, uh, uh. they had to image my innards to make sure my bladder was wired correctly. And, uh, after about two hours on the toilet, I, I called my then husband and said, uh, I need you to come home. I need you to bring toilet paper. It's like a clown car in there. Yeah. yeah. Everything you have eaten in your entire life, w the memories of food will, will yeah. leave. So, um... Boy, oh boy, am I going to have fun tomorrow while you're, which is uh, probably roughly the same time you're listening to this, unless you listen as soon as it gets released, at which point, you know what, you're, you're, you're getting a preview of my evening. And, uh, and for those of you who are listening to it after uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time in the U.S., well, that's where I'll be. Ironically. Yes. I will be, uh, uh more or less vegetative because we're having an exciting week here. Uh, oh yeah. Tomorrow, it's like all happening at once. A it's, major uh... dental uh, thing. And because I am going to a place that thankfully believes in sedation dentistry, I am taking something called Halcyon, which I have taken once before. And I remember very little of that, uh, Dentist appointments, except that they they had they the one dentist I really like has TVs in the room, and uh, uh, they yes. put David Attenborough on, and I think I told Kevin he had to look at the sarcastic fringe head, which is a type of fish, and that is the only thing I remember from an hour and a half procedure. Yeah, 
Yeah, so this will also be about an hour and a half. They don't have TVs. They told me to bring headphones and a podcast, so. Yeah. Um, do, do you want some of my good over-ear headphones? Uh. You probably want to say yes to that. Okay, yes. Okay. We will, we will make that happen. Yes. Um. My week has not felt productive. Yeah, uh, mine, mine has been the opposite. Mine has felt super productive, so... I, I don't know why. I mean, I've, I've made word count every day. I've dealt with my email. I've, you know, it's just... Yeah. Hasn't felt like... You've, you've dealt with various minor crises. I've, I've, yes, yesterday, uh, last week rather, was ridiculous. Yes. Uh, the, the house that our friend is staying in, my mom's eventual house, the air conditioning broke and the fridge broke the same week. Yeah. And that was a lot. Oh, yeah. And I had just gotten an IUD in. Yeah, last week was rough. Yeah. Maybe maybe my, my feeling behind and unproductive this week is sort of spillover from having achieved virtually nothing last week. I mean, other than all of the important things I got done, but I didn't, you know, I didn't make word count. I didn't... Yeah. Well, and so... But that's understandable because the other things you you had to deal with were productivity, just not necessarily like how you normally measure it. Yeah, my productivity I measure almost entirely in word count, uh, yeah. which you know is not super healthy. True. And I have too, and maybe it's the, maybe it's the feeling that that. You know, tomorrow is September. When you're listening to this, today is September, or September is long past. I mean, mm -hmm. but it's the okay, all of a sudden I have two months to finish this novella and to realize that maybe I won't get a paladin book done this year. And, uh, I mean, I'm like halfway done with one, but I have to write a lot of words between now and November. And Yes. Yes. But uh, I, I, I have faith that you'll get it done. Well, the Paladin book might not, but the Illuminations will. So I will have a book out probably, you know, this 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 Christmas or January or something. So yeah, which is good. Which is yeah. good. Well, we will keep you posted as 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 that progresses. Yes. Um, I mean, it's done. It's in the second editing pass. It's just I had hoped to put out four books this year instead of three, and I am listening to myself say these words and thinking. Okay, that is kind of a batshit schedule. <laughs> yeah, don't measure don't measure the number of books you put out as as pure prose at the same like count as you would end up doing for a uh, when you were doing like Dragon Breath and Hamster Princess. No, yeah, because I was doing like yeah, because yeah, it's 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 a very different kind of schedule and building of the books and formatting and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. You have to reset your definition of productivity and success, as I have heard many a guest talk about. Yes, but at the end of the day, what people want is more Paladin books, and I'm only at like 50-some thousand words. It, it's fine. You know what? The Paladin books will be done when the Paladin books are done easy for you to say, but yes. I'm not the one people are sending large quantities of hard salami to. 
Which yes. uh, that that does bring me to a, a moment of uh, of sort of joint productivity. I finally broke down and bought a deli meat slicer, a countertop deli meat slicer for Ursula because there are. A, a, a lovely fan keeps sending me hard salami, and I love hard salami. But the problem is, slicing it by hand is is. I mean, and this is the good stuff, so it's, it's like, it's delicious, but it's a whole production to sit down and slice it, and you can't slice it as thin as I like it, and so the end result was that the meat drawer was full, is, of, is still full of about 20 pounds of fancy salami. But, uh, so I, I bought Ursula a, a deli slicer, I said that she is the only one who's allowed to use it. I will not be using the deli slicer because that's how I lose fingertips. I, uh, and, as it um, happens, am quite skilled at using a deli slicer on account of uh, my job in college, having been uh, working the late shift at the deli. Yes. Um, so that, that at least is some productivity you can count. You sliced salami. And that is not a euphemism. <laughs> uh, I, I guess... Yes, yes, I did. I did slice salami. When... Yes. Um, but if you can go through one of those a week, um, you may get into um, 2023 before you run out. So, which is better than where we were without the slicer, which is it was going to sit there until uh, we finally gave uh, up on it. And yes, I, I don't uh, want to waste it. Yeah. No, I... I, I... It, it took me so long to get through one that sometimes after opening one, it would get moldy before I could slice it off because, I mean, the, the really good hard stuff, it's like, if, you, oh, yeah. if it's too thick, it's like rubbery and you're, you're chewing and chewing and chewing and so you want it really thin, but that can be, you know. Anyway, oh, yeah. the point is that uh, for the low, low price of a home deli slicer, uh, Kevin solved the problem i had. yes eventually i may get the meat drawer back so <laughs> don't hold your breath because now i can have sliced salami whenever i want it yes okay okay that's that's somewhat fair you know you could slice it all i have the vacuum sealer you could slice it we could vacuum seal individual or like a weekly portions and then freeze them or is that a sin i don't think you're supposed to do that okay I mean. well now everybody's writing in to tell me not to do that which is fine um i will gladly read your letters especially if they come in before we record next week which is a letter show this week though i had a lovely catch-up chat with cindy uh who was on last year i believe let me see did she mention which um which episode no i'll link i'll link the previous episode in the show notes uh, but we sat down, we had a catch-up um, about her experiences now packing up and moving everything to the States as part of, um, uh, basically as the spouse of a uh, U.S. military service member. And so we'll have that for you right after this.
Hi folks, I am overjoyed. Overjoyed, uh, our prior guest Cindy Sperry has come to talk to us once again about moving. Because now last week we talked to Dino for a long time. Like, you know, it was like five hours. I apologize. Still apologizing for one big hunkin' episode, but it was really good about all the stuff in planning and executing a move and the things people don't think of. But now you've recently, last time we talked, you were in Germany, you're back in the States. So you've done the big move. Um, and before we get to that, though, can you do a full introduction and a little bit about what you do outside of moving? <laughs> well, right, right now, that definitely feels like a full-time job. Um, right. So you will probably remember me most as a military spouse and also uh, online grad student from last year. But I am uh -huh. proud to say that I am no longer a grad student. I have that degree. All right. At least I have the digital diploma. I haven't gotten the physical one yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am also a parent. And right now I am a, considering myself a full-time job seeker. Ah, that one's always fun. You might want to go back and listen to, to Dina's thing about job hunting from a couple years ago, because it was pretty good. I will have to look that one up. Actually, would you mind dropping the link to that in the show notes? Yeah. yeah Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I will, I, immediately, I'm putting like this note, Dino, job advice. Um, that's why I have the, that's why I keep the notes right here, because it's faster than typing and i generally remember to go through the notes so yeah all right so we don't need to go through because right now i'm gonna guess that all of the normal questions are all in upheaval because you're living in a hotel while you're waiting on a house yes that is and correct so yeah so but more importantly let's talk about the logistics of the move let's uh, talk through the process <laughs> with us help us out here sure um mm -hmm. So for us, as a military family, we can expect to move every two to three years. That right. is the standard for us. That might not be the standard for every family, depending on what's going on. But we've been fairly consistent during this career. Right. Um, this time was surprisingly quick. Uh, we put in the paper. Well, my husband put the paperwork in with his preferences and went through the whole army mm -hmm. tinder matching program uh <laughs> where the person seeking the job uh swipes right on the job and maybe the people in the job swipe right on him or her as the case may be right and then a magical algorithm happens behind the scenes match makes get ha uh, matches are made and mm -hmm. you find out whether you got what you wanted or not Why previously now this is this is a, a bit of curiosity. They, do they do any interviews, or is it purely based on service record? And so that's the new thing. Um, yeah. Five or six years ago, it used to be just based on your uh, service record, um, the reviews that your uh, raters had given you. So your, right, your managers, right, right. Um, uh, your PT scores, all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But now with uh, what we what we call Army Tinder, right. the matching system also gives you direct contact information for each other. So in addition oh. to seeing what the job is, where it is, and with with which unit, you are connected with what we'll call the hiring manager. Right. And if you're on top of things, you can reach out to each other and have an interview. So if you are comfortable with that kind of system, it works very mm -hmm. well. 
if you are not, then it can definitely backfire on you. So yeah. we have had some some friends and some contacts for whom the system has not worked out so well. Yeah. Well, are, are these are these career military people? Because if you're yeah. not used to civilian job hunting, that suddenly becomes a thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It used to um, be that they would give you the list of, I don't know, 100, 200 different roles, locations, and units, and you mm-hmm. would rank them one through X. And then we used to joke that the army would throw a dart at it and see what stuck. Right, right. But now there's a lot more agency on both sides. So I won't say it's 100% guaranteed, but right. it did mean that by the end of the um job hunt period, we'll call it, Mm -hmm. Uh, we had a relatively good idea of what we were likely to get. We at least had a sense of what those top 10 were and where he ranked in them. Right. And the nice thing about that is hopefully then you, you, because you're going to have to pack up and leave, Mm -hmm. um, you can do that, but you may not have a target location yet. Um, Right. Just, but at least you have a general idea where to start cruising Zillow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's never 100% guaranteed. So we've had right. friends who thought they were heading back or staying in the continental U.S. who ended up with a Korea assignment. That's a big change. Oh, yes. But we had primarily lo- um, preferred places in the continental U.S. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be a lot closer to loved ones, especially after yeah. the pandemic. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you give me one moment, my cats are not getting along. That's fine. That's what pause is for. And now I'm unpaused. And I, I should have recorded that because of, of an angry cat <laughs> being picked up and dragged away was, was classic. Um, <laughs> well, anyway. uh, that is Sophie. She turned 17 yesterday. Oh, well, all right then. Yeah. Is Sergey yeah, here? Yeah, Sergey's Sergey's oh, behind him. me. He's, yeah, he's, we think he's 10 or 11 now. So yeah, he's getting old and cranky. Not that he wasn't already cranky in general, but mm-hmm. um, okay. <laughs> um, so you got lucky. You yeah. didn't have to plan for a move to a country where you don't know the language or any of that stuff. Again. You got to come home. <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were excited for Germany. It was a fantastic mm-hmm. place to spend three years, and yeah. I'm going to miss the heck out of Bavaria for the rest of my life. Oh, I'm sure. But I'm sure. It, was, it was time to come home and be closer to, to loved ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, we were primarily looking at the eastern seaboard, which meant that mm-hmm. I could start at least um, scouting out some neighborhoods. Yeah. But we found out in January where it was going to be for sure. Mm-hmm. And we started the house hunt process. Now, house hunting from a distance during a pandemic, especially across an ocean, is uh, a difficult thing. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure it's... The housing market probably didn't help. I, I have several stories of, of people I know who were like, I went to, I, I found a house and in the time between I found it on the internet and I called the realtor, it had sold sight unseen, mm-hmm. right? That happened to us a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, we hadn't gotten to the point of phone calls, but we would see a listing right. go up and then disappear mm-hmm. within hours. Uh, so we had a talk about it and we decided to trust our gut and mm-hmm. well, we'll find out how that turns out next week, but we, ah, we, yes. we, we put a contract in on a house that was in the process of being built. Ah, there you go. 
And now that we're here, we have driven mm-hmm. past it. We've talked with the project manager. We have mm-hmm. walked through it. We know it exists. Right, right, But right. I'm not quite ready to say it's ours yet until we sign the paperwork next week. Yes. Next week when signed papers. <laughs> yeah, because there's still... Although once it's under contract, uh, it's pretty much a done deal, just waiting for everything to, you know, everything to finish processing. Oh, so, that's the hope. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 90% confident. There's just that little piece of me that is oh, yeah. waiting for the next shoe to drop with all of the chaos of this past summer. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, cool. so we, we signed the contract sometime between mm-hmm. middle of January and the beginning of February. I don't remember exactly when. And at that point, we started putting in firm dates with the army contracted movers. Mm-hmm. And for our whole lives, we packed up in different stages. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had uh, household goods packed up first. So that happened in May. Um so that is all of the furniture, all the heavy stuff. There's a weight limit on that of, I want to say, like 10,000 pounds, something like that, mm-hmm. depending on your family. Right. Uh, we never come close to that, but some folks have. So that all gets on a crate and gets put on a boat and shipped to wherever you're heading next. A month mm-hmm. after that, we had what's called unaccompanied baggage. And that stuff gets okay. packed into a usually a single crate and put on an airplane. And the intent with that is it arrives first. So it right. gets to you while you're in temporary housing or a hotel or when you first move in. And it's meant to be the absolute vital for daily life stuff. Yeah. You might yeah. be able to tell by my tone of voice that, that hasn't worked out so well. <laughs> uh oh. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So as it turns out, Despite all of our best efforts and careful planning, Mm -hmm. the unaccompanied stuff and the household goods are all going to wait until we actually have the house in hand. Oh, which means we don't have a, we don't have our bicycles. We don't have the the hotel style cooking stuff. um, Mm -hmm. Don't have the crock pot. So it's, it's all doable. It's all Um, manageable from our perspective. It's just frustrating. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We also... At least Target's probably... Clo- Target is probably... I, I prefer Target over Walmart, but that's just me. Um, is probably close by, and they're not that expensive. So, well, unfortunately in case of for our wallets, unfortunately uh, for our wallets yeah. Target is about 200 meters away from our hotel. So. Oh, yeah. That'll... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, staying in a hotel with a pool mm-hmm. with a five-year-old who is very eagerly learning how to swim means a lot of, hey, mommy, can we stop by the aisle in Target that has the pool toys? Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that would, that would do it. But, uh, you know, on the other hand, it's like, I mean, one of the, when I lived in New York, and we lived in an apartment and there wasn't much storage space for, for foods and things. At least it was convenient to be able to say, I'm going to stop on the way home or I'm going to run over to the bodega or the grocery store mm-hmm. and grab stuff for dinner and then go on about our business. And yeah. that, you know, that, that at least 
makes up for it a little bit, not having like a full fridge and the ability to store leftovers and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The Some of the calculus that we were using was the mm-hmm. difference between moving Oconus outside the U- continental U.S. Mm-hmm. versus moving within Conus, continental U.S. When we arrived in Germany three years ago, there was a lending closet. The hotel and incidentals were all pretty much entirely covered because there was no other option. You were right. doing whatever the army needed you to do to, for your housing. And for us, that meant waiting six weeks until housing was available. Mm-hmm. On this side of the Atlantic, there is no lending closet because we're not at a typical army base. There, right. isn't, there isn't a lot of infrastructure specifically for military folks mm-hmm. here. Um, the army will only cover 10 days of the hotel. Uh, they're, they're not required to provide us a lot of the support for transition right. that we had on the other side. So from our perspective, we're very fortunate in that mm-hmm. it is only money and a lot of it is going to be counterbalanced by the increase in housing allowance once we're settled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the last three weeks, it's been like, oh, well, so much for that account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's that's something a lot of people like we we Dino and I talked about, and I know you haven't listened to it yet because we're recording this like a couple, two weeks, three weeks before that one before it goes live, and four weeks before you go live. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know that was one of the big things is is the financial planning around the actual move mm-hmm. because it will always cost more than you think it will. And, you know, you, you can't, if you're moving for financial reasons, you better have plans around it. Now, in this case, because you're in the States, because military, you're job hunting now, so it's easier for you to have, you know, there will be more income coming in. There is theoretically, I'm rolling my eyes at theoretically because I know how this can happen, uh, you know, a support network here outside of mm-hmm. the military that can help with things if it, yes. you know. If things extend, so we had some incredibly kind friends pick us up mm-hmm. at the airport when we landed with, gosh, what was it? Eight suitcases, two cats and carriers, a car seat, a jet lagged five year old, <laughs> no car. Yeah, no car. And they let it, they let us crash with them for two weeks. They were incredibly mm-hmm. generous. Um, if we had not had that, this would have been significantly more complicated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also had to play with the timing on when and how to ship our cars. So oh, yeah. My husband's car got shipped back in May uh, on the Army's dime mm-hmm. with the intent that it be available when we arrived. Well, it was right. delayed by two weeks. So of course we, it was. We weren't able, <laughs> gosh, no, three weeks. So we weren't, we weren't able to get it until after we'd already moved from our friend's house down to our hotel. Right. And that meant that we got to pay for a rental car for three weeks. Mm-hmm in today's economy is not a fun thing to pay for. No, no, I, I, I'm still reeling at how much the rental to get us home from the Joko cruise was, uh, after all the flights were canceled and, uh, you know, two days on the road, but yeah. The Uh, day we landed, um, in at Dulles outside Washington, DC from mm -hmm. Germany was the day that they had the really bad thunderstorms. And all of the flights out of Dulles were canceled until we landed, which yep. meant 
we were at the very back of the line for the rental car that we had booked three weeks prior. Yeah. Yeah. So thank goodness you're friends and you had a little bit of a buffer to thank get goodness in, yeah. for friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then my car was shipped shortly before we left. Mm-hmm. So we're still waiting for that one to cross the Atlantic. So it's been two months now. Yeah. Two months with, uh, just one car. And most of that has been a rental. Yeah. And now you're at the mercy of, because, uh, it's going to be a commercial shipper, which means it's a container, which means mm-hmm. it's going through everything, all the logistics that are around that. And for all you know, that boat could be sitting off the coast right now waiting. I will and say. Just, yeah. Air tags. Air tags. Yep. Okay. That has been yeah. a huge game changer for oh, yeah. military moves, especially. Um, because so many of us are moving cross country or transatlantically, mm-hmm. transpacifically. And having an air tag in your, or few in your crates mm-hmm. gives you at least a little bit of peace of mind. I was going to say, I also, I mean, I have, at this point, I have, let's see, there's one on my car keys. I need to get one for Ursula's car keys. There's one in this bag. There's one in my main backpack. There's one in my, no, I've got air tags. You know, all of my personal stuff is air tagged um, mm-hmm. that I, like, I keep forgetting my, my, sleep mask with Mm. bluetooth and so i was just like to hell with it and shoved an air tag in with the thing and i'm just like great now i'll get an alert when i leave it that's yeah yeah Yeah. so with the air tags Mm -hmm. they're not going to ping anything worth connecting to a satellite um while they're transatlantic but we're able to check in that hey they are no longer pinging at the port The, the boat must have left yeah or they've been unloaded from the boat and now they're at the mm-hmm. customs. So that's been yeah. really helpful, especially with a lot of the delays in bureaucratic reporting. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, It's been really interesting. It was really interesting uh, when we were flying to Fort Lauderdale in that my phone was like, you've left your bag behind. And then as they loaded it on the plane, it was like, it's nearby again. And then mm-hmm. as they unloaded from the plane, when we land, your bag's gone. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy. I, yeah, yeah. I feel comfortable using it for stuff that is being shipped. Mm-hmm. I don't yet know how comfortable I'll feel using it for like luggage on an airplane. But yeah. It depends on the value of the item, I suppose. I was going to say when things are coming, coming off that conveyor and you're like, I think I missed it. Did I, and I can make it sound like or if I'm late down there and there's a pile somewhere of, you know, they got to move the luggage off. So there's a pile and where I can just, you know, orient and sound it off. That's actually kind of nice. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Because they're on my husband's account, the air Mm -hmm. tag that we have not yet been able to extract from the passenger seat of his car. (laughs) will ping my phone and say, there's an air tag traveling with you. And I'm like, yes, I know. Stop bothering me. <laughs> and that, that's a, that's, I trust this one, but that's yeah. really, if that hadn't been my husband's air tag, that would be a fantastic way for me to know that, Hey, someone's trying to stalk me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I, I appreciate about it. The only thing is that because it's locked into the Apple ecosystem, if you're carrying around a Android, then you, you don't get the same alerts, but yeah, still I, I was when, when the, 
stalking issue was first brought to light, they're like, oh, let's just fix that. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that as someone who has traveled solo um, Mm -hmm. as a woman. I am fortunate that I've not had terrible experiences, but I have known people who have. And having that peace of mind of being able to disable something is tremendous. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just drop it in a potted plant and walk away. But also that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So we're waiting on cars. You're theoretically has arrived. Okay. Yeah. Um, theoretically all of your belongings are in storage waiting for your house. They are in storage about 10 miles away, according to the air tag. Oh, well, there you go. Um, but with the staffing shortage, they don't have a team to deliver the unaccompanied baggage until the day we're closing on the house. You know, that's not that bad a thing because you can close on the house and then just roll over and watch them bring your stuff in. That's the plan. Yeah. Um, the the stuff that I'm honestly a little worried about more Mm -hmm. so is, uh, the collection of stuff that's been in long-term storage. Oh, so for yes. three years, I don't know which facility my stuff has been in. I don't know whether it got flooded or if they had a mold problem. I'm fairly mm-hmm. confident it's the storage facility didn't burn down, but yeah, I have to be careful how much of the lost during my PCS Facebook traffic I follow because it's, honestly depressing how many people have lost really meaningful stuff Mm -hmm. oh yeah and uh i guess it also depends on where the storage unit is and there's there's a whole Mm -hmm. bunch about it so you know good luck Um, thank you yeah no that's uh uh most of I'm not sure if most of her, if, if Liz, because when Liz moved into the Winnebago, she put everything in storage that wasn't mm-hmm. going in the Winnebago. But since she's come back and is living at, you know, Lizard House, AKA Ursula's mom's future house, um, I don't know how much stuff is still living in the storage unit, but mm-hmm. at least it was, it was like on a hill and. <laughs> And she's got access to it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's your yours may be a little different because I'm gonna guess that it's probably in wherever you started from before you left for Germany. Uh I I know they put it in a crate and I know they shipped it off to one of the army contracted central storage facilities. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't I don't uh, know. That that one's I, I will see if I can find you a link, but there was a horror story a couple of weeks ago about a storage facility that either went under or got new management, and they decided to auction off all the stuff without notifying the service members who had their stuff there. Isn't the army like paying for that? There's, from what I understand, it's a it's become a pretty big story, but I've been kind of keeping it at a distance because yeah. I don't want to think about it too much. Right, 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 But I will say that mm-hmm. in the last few years, there have been changes both for good with the military moving system yeah, and some changes that have not gone as well as could be hoped. And I think some yeah. of that is just new system growing pains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, some real people are getting caught as that I, well, evolves I was... and grows. I, I can honestly say that 
the prior administration was really good about making sure that grifters and swindlers and people who did not have the best interests of the military at heart got awarded contracts for that sort of thing. So there's probably even more upheaval going on right now. I'm not afraid to say that out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have to be a little more careful, but yeah, yeah. I, I will say that most of the people that we have encountered have been genuinely good people. Mm-hmm. And the with regard to military moves, there it's been a bit of a political football. Right. Because it is a tremendously lucrative set of contracts. Mm-hmm. It is something that does go out for bid. And there are systems in place to ensure a quality service. The trouble comes right. in when stuff gets subcontracted. Yeah. When um, human power isn't available to provide that oversight as quickly as mm-hmm. we'd like. Oh yeah. So it, it it always comes down to human problems. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I, it has been a lot more transparent for us in the last few years than it had been previously. Yeah, and uh, I think any any logistics system it does sort of come down to the um, the human problem. Like mm-hmm. it's really only as good as the people. And having worked on federal contracts, I mean, I know mm-hmm. that yeah, you might have an A list primary contractor but they subcontract out to mm-hmm. get to fulfill and then maybe the subcontractor isn't as lucrative or isn't as um uh, trustworthy as the the original contract mm-hmm. although uh, the one where one company got the contract um and then a company that had been blacklisted from said contract bought them and so it had to go through rebid. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that was, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the sort of thing that, you know, they're like, oh, that what happens. do you mean? Yeah. Uh, what this what do you mean we're stuck with you for eight years? Yeah. It's- <laughs> this hasn't happened to us because we have not lived on post, but mm-hmm. there have been situations where someone has lived on post and the movers are not allowed on post because someone on the truck, either a mover or a driver, has a criminal record and isn't allowed on post. And at that point, all the schedules go out the window. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, fingers Um, crossed. Fingers very firmly crossed here. Yes. Let me just put in a a quick note here. Content warning. Minor politics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just in case. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but, you know, uh, what, boy, I'm, I'm having to make these up as I go along. What, what was the, I mean, in all of it, what was the biggest hurdle at this point? Who? Oops. (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll have to edit out that dead air while I think, um, Mm -mm, mm -mm. I think the biggest hurdle for me personally is always the uncertainty. Right. I, as you might have gathered from our previous conversation, I'm someone who likes to plan. I like to organize. Yes. And even if I don't have direct control of a situation, I want to know what's going mm. on. Right. 
And between the sheer uncertainty of moving overseas that anybody mm-hmm. would encounter. Right. And then the additional layer of, I don't have personal vision into a lot of these systems. It's right. all it's off, off my husband because he's right. the one with the military ID and right, right. he's the one whose name is on all the paperwork. So there's stuff where like, for example, um, dealing with car registration. Mm-hmm. When we moved to Germany, the cars were registered under his name through the army system in Germany. Right. That means that while I have the power to deal with some of that on the army side, Germany does not recognize me as an owner of that vehicle. Right. So yeah. he's the one who's had to do a lot of the the paperwork and with his schedule and with um, the connectivity requirements, he's not always available mm-hmm. to do that uh, during business yeah. hours. And then I guess when your car arrives, you're going to have to retitle in the U.S., but that's going to have to look like a sale or a gift, which incurs mm-hmm. a tax expense. And oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, we are fortunate that we are covered. He's covered by the Service Member Civil Relief Act. Oh, and okay. I'm covered under the Military Spouse Residency Relief Act. Okay. So we've been able to declare a residency in a particular state and maintain that as we have moved. Okay. So we still vote in that state. We can register our vehicles in that state for as long as my husband is active duty. Okay. So, yeah. And the, the logical underpinning of that is we assume that you would choose to remain in this state if the army hadn't sent you elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, if, if you decide you really like where you're at now, you can transfer all of that over. and Exactly. You know, and there, I mean, and there are still sort of laws around, like, I think you still, even if you have that, you I mean, still have to get a North Carolina driver's license if you're considered a, if you're a military, but considered a resident of California. I don't it, know. It very much depends on where you land and what the local laws okay. are. But, um... Fortunately, I have not had to deal with this, but a lot of my friends who say have nursing credentials, teaching credentials, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. bar memberships, the state to state um, reciprocity agreements aren't always in place, which means that sometimes you have to go back and redo all your training to qualify for a license in your new state. Yeah. And uh, that's sometimes it's understandable. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. it's just like, oh, the licensing agency is doing this just to be a pain. Um, exactly. But that's state government, and as I, I've worked at several levels of government over my illustrious, my long career, and uh, the smaller the stakes, the higher the pain in dealing with it. Like mm-hmm. dealing with the the city was much harder than dealing with the county versus the state versus the feds because you know it's a little pond with big players versus big big pond and so mm-hmm. everybody had a lot more just felt like they had a lot more to control over things mm-hmm. um so uh yeah yeah and then i'm also navigating registering my child for public school for the first time yes so I got to navigate getting the appropriate, for example, medical clearance forms for him, 
yes. from the state that we'll be living in, uh, dealing with that mm-hmm. with our army doctor, but in the German uh, system, which wasn't which wasn't difficult, fortunately, mm-hmm. but um, making sure that everybody understood the form, that it got signed off appropriately, mm-hmm. uh, was a, eh, a little yeah. bit of a challenge. Not so bad. Yeah, and I mean, at least um, five is, you know, just the very beginning, so it's not like it's going to be a... Thankfully, I did not have to transfer school records. <laughs> Right, and it's not going to be a severe cultural shift between, you know, they've spent the first, you know, eight years or eight grades or whatever in one Mm -hmm. system, and now they have to navigate the U.S. system, which is very different, as I understand it, from the German system after talking (laughs) to, you know, other guests. Um, Well, so so my son has been in Mm -hmm. a bilingual uh, German kindergarten for the last two years. But at that age, it's really just pre-K, and he's he's got all the building blocks that he needs to thrive in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. It'll just be, I think, a little bit more structured for him and a little bit mm-hmm. more academic. But I think he's ready for it. So I'm not, oh, I'm yeah. honestly not too worried about that. Yeah, they're the uh, kids are surprisingly resilient at that age. Yeah. So I am very curious to see how he navigates trying to teach other people German because he's very eager to show off his German skills. Oh, I'm sure. Um, And um, some of the ways that he pronounces German words don't sound like very nice words in English. That is, yeah, something. It's going to be fun. It's a, and that's very regional. Mm -hmm. So, because he's going to have, uh, I guess, a Bavarian accent. Um, yes, which is I think very different from high German, like you get in Switzerland, and um, the Berlin accent, which I've noticed was much softer and easier than <laughs> the high German for sure. Yeah, something that we discovered shortly after moving to Bavaria was a common greeting is mm-hmm. "servus," uh, more or less translates to "at your service." Right. But Bavaria has also been called the Texas of Germany. Okay. I uh, very strong independent history, very mm-hmm. gigantic region or German state, very agricultural, gorgeous. But if you go up to Berlin and say Servus, it's sort of the equivalent of saying howdy, y'all. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um Yeah. So we've got school stuff, we've got moving mm-hmm. stuff, we've got job hunt. Yeah. And then we're also navigating my husband returning to the skiff life. So ah. sensitive compart- compartmented information facility, which means mm-hmm. no cell phones, no smart devices. And that makes yep. getting in touch with each other during the workday a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. Sort of figuring out how to navigate those shared family calendars again. Yeah, because he won't have access to it because yes. yeah, he's in a in a secure facility. It's very it's specialized, and I mm-hmm. you know since I work on our uh, our GovCloud implementation of the stuff we sell, I am and having worked in the government, I'm very conversant with some of those challenges. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Last time we navigated this, we didn't have a kid. We didn't have mm-hmm. to figure out, okay, who's dealing with the daytime doctors? Mm-hmm. 
or right, going right. to parent-teacher conference. So we're figuring it out. I'm not too worried, but it's just one more wrinkle to the chaos of trying to navigate all of the appointments and accounts to set up. Yeah. Um, but you'll get it sorted. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. We are at, uh, we're almost out of time. Uh, I've, we, I have sort of a hard stop because it's getting dark and the chickens will have to be taken care of and, you know, all that sort of thing. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, do you have any generalized advice for people who will be moving um, cross continent or, or to another continent or something like that? Uh, I, the, the best thing that I did last time around mm-hmm. was make right. a Google spreadsheet with my own personal inventory. Ah. So I had the room it came from. I had a brief description of the item or how many of it it was in the case of bookcases. Right where it was supposed to go in the new house, mm-hmm. which shipment it went on. <laughs> <laughs> and what's really important mm-hmm. for reimbursements if and when it gets damaged is an estimated mm-hmm. cost. Right, right. It it was a huge amount of work the first time we built it. Right. But it has come in handy. Yeah, because now you just have to update. You don't have to rebuild from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, Another piece of advice would be mm -hmm. to take a smartphone or camera and do a live video as you walk through every room of Mm -hmm. the house that you're leaving. Open every closet, take a video of every bookshelf. If you have electronics, turn them on and off on video. Mm -hmm. And that makes it a lot easier to prove that, yes, it was working before it got packed up. Yes. Nice. Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, because... Unlike, say, like our talk with Dino was much more around, so you're moving inside the city from maybe one apartment to another or something Mm -hmm. like that. This is much more of, uh, this is much more of a, you will own the place you will be living in and, you know, you'll be there for several years. So it's a much, yeah, in theory, um, (laughs) it's a, a much bigger deal and, uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, your friend Bob tripped over and dropped your stereo in the middle of the street. This is, you know, you're trusting your life and your things with other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have that much of a choice about trusting them because right. moving right. transatlantic doesn't mean uh, calling a friend and giving them peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for, for the unloading and unpacking. I don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. I also have converted to the disc-bound notebook system. Oh. Yeah, and I've been using your weekly and monthly sheets. They've been really helpful. Oh. Uh, do, do you hear that, Reagan? Somebody else is using them. Awesome. <laughs> I um, think I sent you some pictures a while back. Yes. I will link to the PA sheets, uh, to the Productivity Alchemy sheets. Um, and we will, you know, just as a reminder for those of you who may have forgotten they're out there um it's funny since i've done the second brain and i've i've redone my entire sort of how i organize things so the planner is no longer a written planner is no longer my central focus because Mm -hmm. i have almost digitized everything so it's uh, a cohesive system again and it's working quite well for me um logistics you know allowing me to get through my to-dos every day sort of thing but that's 
yeah. the ever-present challenge. Um, but I, I up, would, yeah. I picked no, up the ahead. para system for my files mm-hmm. and, that, and my email inboxes. That's been super useful. Thank you for pinging that in the past conversation. Yeah. Oh, that one's... Yeah, it's it's really handy, although I found myself over-organizing my email um, <laughs> to the point where it was it was no longer useful in finding in being able to recognize things because I had over like overcat. So I've actually spent a lot of time off work reorganizing my inbox to something that's more suitable both to Gmail and to what I actually need in email. But that doesn't change like the actual second brains organization because mm-hmm. you know, it's like, because that's all cross-referenced and linked in different ways and searchable in different ways. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've also been using two separate accounts for job hunt and professional stuff versus personal. Okay. So I, I have started going by Cynthia Sperry professionally just so that it's in line with all of my certifications and degrees and right. whatnot. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, Cindy is still absolutely fine for folks who know me personally, but, uh, I've been using Cynthia for. So that means stuff. I need to update the, uh, the, the header, the name on this one and the tags. Yeah. Only so... if you feel like it. Oh, it takes nothing. Um, <laughs> um and, uh, if you don't mind, I can send you my LinkedIn, but Oh yeah, no. That's me that's being the... a shameless job hunting networker. You know, that's that's just you know, we could we can put that on there and let people uh, you know, if uh, if anyone out there happens to be and you're not listening to this 3 years later. Um, you know, uh happens to be a uh, professional with, you know, interesting offers that come around, then you know, <laughs> we'll we, sure. we'll make that happen as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, all right. Charity time. All right. Charity time. I've got two. The first Uh-oh. is feedingamerica.org. Yes. And for those who don't know, that is a national fund and network that coordinates mm-hmm. to support local food banks. Yep. And along that same line, I'm also going to recommend abortionfunds.org. It's a national network that supports local reproductive rights organizations. Yes, and that is one that we are all very interested in uh, supporting right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I recently started a book um, called um, All Stirred Up. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes. Hold on. Let me bring us the suffrage cookbooks, food and the battle for women's right to vote. So it, it follows into, you know, one of my favorite things, which is uh, historical cooking and, you know, period cooking and recipes, but uh, much like um, a square meal, uh, which was about depression era culture and cooking and how that all interrelated. This one is how it interrelates to, the women's suffrage movement. Mm, that sounds and really cool. Just, it, just reading through the history of that particular struggle, um, which is just the first part of the book, is here's a timeline of the women's suffrage movement, starting with you know its very beginnings in the 1840s, um, 
and you know uh, where through to where it finally passes um be ready for the long haul <laughs> on on women's health rights because mm -hmm. it may take um you know it's like disheartening to see things like yes kansas had given women the vote and then um it got struck down knocked down by their legislature a couple years later or the bill went through to you know uh, give women the vote and it got tabled in the Senate or, you know, before it even got to an amendment, like, it's just like all these ups and downs. And, um, but I, I look at it and I go, you know, eventually it was successful because everyone persevered. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of where I am. That's the starting point I'm at right now is in it for the long haul. I will be hopeful, but I'm also prepared. Yep. A lot of work. Yep. 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 Um, and you just told us where we can you, we can find you online. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. I think so. My link. I'll send you my LinkedIn, and then yep. I'm also Jack Lopet on Twitter. Although yes. I might end up locking that down as the job hunt <laughs> job hunt ramps up a bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, understandable. Although. I guess we live our lives in public and uh, at least the company I work for um, doesn't really seem to care that much. That's great. I mean, we have, we have our acceptable, we have our, you know, here's what you should and shouldn't talk about, but otherwise they're like, yeah, go nuts. So. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm mostly of the opinion that any company that should want me should want the entire me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm already at the point where like, if, if a company is like, will you give us your Facebook password so that we may review your account, uh, which mm, I have heard no. of happening, it's going to be a not just no, but uh, it's been very nice talking to you. Now, fuck off into the sun. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't mind living my life openly, but I do like my privacy to be respected. Yes. Yeah. So. Oh, man, that was it's a great catching up with you. Really it's is. Great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and um, uh, we will catch up again, I'm sure, once you're settled, maybe once you have a job. And, uh, Here's hoping. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, Sounds good. Cool. And for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. First off, thank you so much, Cindy, for coming back on the show. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and it is always just great to catch up because we did a little, a little of the the uh, catching up before and and after of things that you know not to discuss on air. So um, always a pleasure. Please um, come back once you're settled and you've gotten that job found and all that good stuff. So that brings us to a word. For the week. A word. A word. Word me. Word you. Uh, moving back. 
all one word, in, in honor of, of Cindy and her family's return here to the United States. Um, so yeah, you can take that moving back, uh, and go to productivityalchemy.com and there will be, there's a little place that says, you know, a uh, badge code and a little spot and a button to push. And you put that word in there and you push the button and you will get a badge. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and while you're on productivityalchemy.com, you can also look at the badge how-to, which talks about like what the badges are and, and how to collect them. And I probably need to update it with some of the new stuff, but that's kind of what happens um, when I'm behind. I have caught, caught up on some other things. Like I finally got the questions updated and, uh, you know, other tidbits. Look, it was, it was like... Uh... I think early this month that I finally updated the website with two books that I'd published. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's like, fair. Metal and Bone wasn't on there, so yeah, Well, I, uh... yeah, and the questions don't change that often. Um, which is, uh, I mean, they sort of evolve, so I have to stop every couple years and, and go through and reword them. Um, but you can also find that list of questions on productivityalchemy.com. You can find a... Uh, contact form where you can send in letters um, or say, hey, please, please, I volunteer as tribute. Please, please interview me and we can make that happen. Uh, there's also a link in there that says um, contact or not contact, uh, support. Please keep, click the contact button and send Kevin letters. Don't click support. Don't click support. Um, we're in great shape. We, we don't need the money. We don't need the money. We love you. We love the support you give us, uh, non-monetarily, the reposts, the likes, the the retweets, all that stuff. Um, but uh, instead, you should give money to the people who need it way more than we do. And that is usually, uh, that is uh, when suggested by a guest, it's the charity spotlight, the very first item on the show notes every week. Uh, and this week I have two. Uh, are you ready for them? I'm ready. Yeah, the first is feedingamerica.org um, because uh, here we are in the 21st century. There's no reason for anyone in this country to have to go hungry except capitalism. And um, so it is very important to support these organizations that are feeding people and feeding children and feeding people your local... you got to eat. Yeah, and uh, taking care of your local food banks and all that stuff. So go check out feedingamerica.org. The other one is um, abortionfunds.org because women's health care in this country is literally under attack. We all know this with the politics and everything that's going on. And abortionfund.org is there to help people go to places where they can get abortions and to help, you know, fund all of the necessary care, etc., etc., etc. And uh, now more than ever, they they need help. Um, aside from the bit that if you live in this country, call your senators, call your local representatives, and hammer into them that this is necessary health care and not some sort of political football they should be shuffling around the bastards. Sorry, did I say that last part out loud? You know you did, and also you're not sorry. No, I'm not sorry in the least. I'm not. <clears throat> so, yes, as, uh, as all that moves forward, um, fight the good fight, folks. Uh, remember that sometimes 
fighting the good fight is productive, um, and giving to charities is certainly productive. Um, signing a shitload of book plates is productive. <laughs> Healing from various medical procedures is productive. Yes. I, mean, I kept wanting to do shit, uh, you know, after my IUD was in, because if I was going to be miserable, at least I could be miserable in getting stuff done. And Kevin was like, no, recuperating is productive. It is. It is. It is. It is. So yeah, there's, there's all that. Um, yeah, so get out there, be productive, do your best, and uh, remember, productive is what you consider being productive is subject subjective, right? It's it's what you could don't don't listen to anybody else about what productive is, not even me. <laughs> I mean, okay, gra granted the show, but uh, well, anyway, the point is, people stay productive, whatever that looks like for you. Thank you. <laughs>